This episode of Important to True is brought to you by Quip. Wow. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. That's once a season. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill free, no matter what season to which it corresponds. Well, I'm glad that you didn't end that on a preposition. That would have been really... Yeah, what a disaster. Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> So, uh, what are we starting with? We could open with coffee. That seems like an opener. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we could then go on to... This week on Important If True, coffee is for openers. <laughs> you fucker. What? God damn it. It's true. Yeah, it is. All right. It's February 1st, I think. Um... You'd better mm-hmm. believe it. I mean, I. Whoa. But I. You best start believing in February. You're in one. February one, twenty eighteen. <laughs> 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 and this. It's February first, twenty eighteen, and this is important if true. <laughs> For out of thumbs, <laughs> I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, Welcome. guys. Oh, thanks. Hey. Nick, Welcome. you were so excited about Important If True. That was the sound of us stretching from January into February, uh, ah, sonically. Yeah. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our sonic tendrils yeah, yeah. have wormed their yeah. way we were crossing the dark beating heart of yeah. February. you got to cross the February <laughs> gap, which is sort of created by there being a shorter end of the, uh, end of the month. Right. How is that? How is entering the month of February crossing a gap created by the? Sh- oh, so you're saying it that sort of like, has to adjust. Yeah, months, February yeah, is months like are a like. So you're saying island. there's basically like an enclosure for each month that is the normal length <laughs> of a month, and it and the month floats in the middle of that enclosure, and there's some kind of weird like temporal anomaly mm-hmm. that serves as the margin. And as yeah. you step through month, it, you're, you sort of go like, whoa! <laughs> like, whoa! You're like, important <laughs> if true! true. Mind the gap! February, February Oh, February, ooh. Shake <laughs> Mind the off. gap, is that how you said it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how does that work with long months? Do they, like, butt into the previous month? Mm. Like in the, you know, no, 30 days of September, oh, maybe. November, all the rest of 31. So those mm. months kind of just like, you sort of like oh, muscle like in. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, right at the end. Um, ah, May. Ugh. Ugh. For some reason, the image that, like, it's because I've, it's because I'm on the internet all the time. You've surely seen that little video that's been going, uh, that's been going around for probably years now of a cat on a Roomba in a bowl that then gets like, n- goes underneath a shelf. No. And the cat mm. is just like not expecting to go under a shelf and its head just gets sort of like mushed <laughs> and it makes the best sort of like perturbed <laughs> cat so face. So it's basically doing the like Fast and Furious low rider under the, the Yeah, but the cat does not see highway. it coming so it just sort of goes, oh, but that's it being like, oh, May. Uh, that's like the month ends a little <laughs> earlier than it thought and it, yeah. and my brain makes the face of that cat. Ooh, July. July. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm a cat in a bowl on a Roomba. These God. are our modern fables, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, July. July into August. Those are both 31s, right? So that's a that's you've got a lot of time in the in the gross zone. Yeah. Yeah. The mush zone of months. Uh let's do an email. <laughs> Chris Rice writes There it is. uh, Once a week, I go to a popular coffee chain in the morning on my way to work and treat myself to a nice coffee. 
The past few weeks, I have rolled up to the payment window, and to my surprise, the cashier has handed me my coffee and said, the nice person in front of you has paid for your drink today. Being half awake and caught off guard, I take the coffee and say something along the lines of, uh, awesome, thanks, and then drive off. A few minutes later, I regret not paying for the person in back of me, and I tell myself next week, I'll pay for their coffee. But I've always found excuses not to follow through. For example, what happens if the person behind me orders coffee for their whole office? Is this some sort of elaborate scheme for the guy with an expensive order to get a free breakfast? Or do I just have a secret admirer who's secretly stalking me and buying me anonymous coffees every Thursday? Should I call the police? Or should I simply stop going to this coffee chain and instead go to one whose patrons are not so generous? I have so many questions and I need answers. Help me, Thumbs. That is a weird... Situation. I have never yeah. encountered that. You've before. never encountered that before. Okay, that's no. I've encountered that at like, small coffee shops in in San Francisco. I can't remember which one, but it's apparently one that the two of us have not both frequented at the same time. But yeah, the sort of pay it forward in the coffee line yeah. thing huh. is a thing, and I think it's like cute and fun, but it fills me with dread because I worry <laughs> that I'm going to be the guy who does what. Chris does in this and just mm. absentmindedly go, oh yeah, thanks, and break the chain. Like I've been to coffee shops where like it keeps they like are proud of how many times it's been paid right. forward. That right. it just like huh. is like a workplace accident number yeah. that they have up, <laughs> right. and it, that's like, oh my god. That, then it becomes like a like a guilt complex thing. Yeah. Like you don't want to be the fucking idiot right. Right. who just it's been three hundred and twelve people uh, since yeah. this chain has been broken. Since someone just took just, a free it coffee just and resets left. the zero the second yeah. you walk in the door. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. Like yeah, that. I mean, it's been one week since someone didn't pay for a coffee here. <laughs> Sorry. It's, I was a bare naked lady. Yeah, I know. I was just... That was... Uh, that was gross. It's, but you said it kind of like... God, it's been... It's one been week, one so week a workplace accident. <laughs> That's. That, I'm sorry, everyone. I that was a it. very Christopher Walken opening uh, <laughs> to been one week. I, it's been <laughs> one week. <laughs> that was like a, a fucking like, 50s stand-up yeah, comedian. Say, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> My grandfather's watch. <laughs> <laughs> In his asshole. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, yeah, the thing that is confusing to me about this is I don't understand what he means when he says, what happens if the person behind me orders coffee for their whole office? What this the is, fuck this does is, that this mean? Is, this is a gross misinterpretation. This yeah, is not, you, I would like to yeah, open a yeah, tab yeah. for the next like, patron. Here, you just you just <laughs> hang on to my credit card and just put whatever, whatever on it. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, I'll come back and pick it up. And I completely trust you to, you know... Be here tomorrow on the same shift. Give me back my card and not have skimmed my fucking magnetic strip. What? Like, what? I don't understand how this works at all. I I feel like uh, Chris may be placing too much trust and mistrust simultaneously in the system when what this really is is, oh, buy the next guy a latte. Like, I'm pretty sure that's all that is happening. So how does it work? You just leave, like... 
four dollars. My assumption something. is that you can just yeah ring get, leave the cost of about a medium coffee out for the next person, and you just sort of trust that it evens out. I don't really know. I've not paid enough attention to it. I've just whenever I've been in this situation, I've said, oh cool, let's just pass it on to the next person, and then I've handed the thing that I order. And my assumption is if someone walks in and says, uh, I got a big meeting coming up, I'm going to need two carriers, and I'm going to need twelve lattes. <laughs> yeah, they're the going to be like, oh counter, well, the gentleman the before you has it. Like hey 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 guy, come back. <laughs> you need to put down like 40 more bucks. Yeah, I think what, that they would- What would you do in that situation? If they're like, hey, 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 you said you had the next one, come back here. Would you be just, fr- like, I would, if I were in that situation, I would I would panic. I would like freeze up and look around. Like I, I wouldn't, I couldn't like flee. Like how much of a- how, I, That I would think, look either think- suspicious or socially <laughs> like crushing. Like- <laughs> Like then, what if everyone else in the shop like turns around and looks at like, like how many coffees that guy spot, needs? Yeah. Double it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that given my anxiety, uh, my crippling awareness of this situation, whenever I've encountered it, I would probably have the wherewithal because I'd be running through it to be like just. Uh, the first one is on me, uh, and then I would leave and just hope that they <laughs> yeah. knew that that meant coffee and not order. Yeah, but then you. But here's the thing, and I wonder if this is part of what Chris is worried about it who Chris Reiser wrote the question you could then you then like could you ever go back to that coffee shop again because I couldn't I mean I I think part of Mm -hmm. when I read this part of what freaks me out I think vicariously for Chris is that somehow you'd put yourself into some sort of situation by which you would basically self forbid yourself from ever like returning to this coffee shop because you've created oh, some kind for, of for me it's definitely it would be that I broke the chain the other way around would be totally awkward where if I accidentally somehow like comped coffee for 12 people and I walk together like hey Mr. Moneybags <laughs> hey Mr. <laughs> Moneybags you just buy us coffee for everyone I'd be like ha 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 yeah I fucked that up and then I would just order a coffee I, th- I think as opposed to being like Hi, can I get you a coffee? Is what like I would be said if I was the person who like three times in a row broke the broke the chain because I was like right. reading Twitter while ordering coffee like a t- shithead and didn't notice that. Yeah, that. But I mean, that's what I mean. If you did that, then you're. Oh, if you do fucked, that, then you, you leave. But if you in. accidentally buy coffee for a workplace, you better hope that that's remembered somehow and that you are re- rewarded in kind. But yeah. you still go into the coffee shop because you fucked that one up. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. They fucked that one up. So if you don't go back, that's because they fuck it up. But like, I can't. I can't see a world where you accidentally um, are hoodwinked into buying some other guy a ton of coffee, and then you feel bad about going back. The only way you feel bad about going back is if you're just a if you're like oblivious that and totally trip good, over everything. That would be a good business model for a an a small coffee shop that isn't part of an, like a national chain that operates in a very high income area would be basically training your staff to socially engineer guilt complexes into your wealthy patrons to get them to constantly be buying dozens of coffees for fictitious office workers <laughs> behind them in the chain. What do you mean why? So you can make dollar bills. Oh, I see. Yeah, that seems bad. That seems like someone will eventually notice. Yeah, you're good point, Jake. It's bad. The thing I just presented, you're right. It's not actually an honorable business model that people should pursue. You're a good point. Well said. That's probably a bad idea in actual reality. That's I man. What was I thinking? Bad one. I just feel bad for for you know the people like what if what if sort of you know a good actor gets exploited by this model Chris I have a sort of a separate problem with coffee so 
<laughs> like maybe once a let's let's hear your problem with coffee. Well, it's not so much a problem with coffee. It's not really a problem except that I'm t- I'm horrible. So uh, I have mentioned I think before on either this podcast or Idle Thumbs or maybe both that occasionally. So there's a McDonald's that is just on the corner of where I live, and maybe like once a week or so, uh, maybe more, maybe like twice a week, I would say even, including most days that we record the podcast because I get up early. I go in there and I get a cup of black coffee. Pretty much the only thing I ever order from that McDonald's is a cup of black coffee. And so there's, uh, you know, if you go to any establishment enough, you will start to recognize the staff and some of them will start to recognize you. And there's a very nice woman who works there who... You know, after how who knows who who knows however many times I went in there and ordered black coffee, she uh, started to recognize me and do the thing that you know happens often in cases like this, where she'll ring me up before I even get to the register right. and be like, "Cup of black coffee," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Yep," and it's like, "Ha cool!" Like we know that this is what I order, and then here's my money. And I feel like with there's sort of a there's almost like a bell curve that happens with retail employee familiarity. Uh, or it's okay. It's not a bell curve. Never mind. It's like a branching. It's like a choose your own adventure thing that happens, and it's sort or of. Is you could die? You start off, and it's like okay, you go to this place, and you build up the familiarity with this, uh, the staff of this place, and then it's like oh, it's kind of fun, and it's like you get the like tiny little sort of thrill of recognition, and um, sort of just like oh, human beings who recognize each other and can like oh you the regular and you're the bah got it and then there's sort of a branching point that happens and I think it can go one of two ways and depending on the kind of personality of the orderer of of the goods or services either the direction it goes in is your sort of natural uh, like magnetism and charm and ease around other human beings makes this relationship bloom into a just like fun ongoing friendly time that is that is you probably maybe learn <clears throat> the name of this other person and you greet each other and it's and it's nice or if you're just like a terribly socially neurotic fucking disaster yeah. the other way it goes is that something indetectable happens to spoil it and it and the whole thing sours and then you go in there and there's this sort of awkward like oh it's still this person i think uh and then you start to like <clears throat> conveniently not notice that the person is there that's and always the- me i'm trash uh, but Dana, my wife, oh, you'll is guess, the other you'll direction. You'll guess from from <laughs> from your from the story which one of these I am. I know which one you are, and you hit on the exact detail that I know is the thing that I need to do and can never do, which is if you can learn the name of of the person who's working behind the counter, I feel like you're golden because then you can just be like, "Hey, Chris." Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good trick. That's fucking it. Like, yeah. who cares? At that point, mm-hmm. then, that if as long as you can remember that, and I'm such shit at that. I'm shit oh, at that with, I'm shit at that with, like, my friends. I know. Me too. I there actually, are people I've met probably a half a dozen times whose names I do not I remember. actually try now to sort of repeat a person's name under my breath multiple times too. after I meet yeah. them so that I can try to remember it because, like, <laughs> uh, at, like... We both work in video game development and like GDC, the Game Developers Conference, is coming up. And I'm excited about it because I always like seeing people. But there's also already the growing pool of dread that I'm going to just write off or dismiss or awkwardly forget huge numbers of people for with whom I'm actually friends, either online or have like t- spent tons of time with them at previous events like this. But like 
if I'm not at that level, that means that like the barista name remembering challenge, oh, yeah. I've failed before I've begun. Yep. I've begun. Yep. Um, so yeah, whenever I go to like Pete's Coffee with Dana, my wife, it's a, it's a disaster. She's like, hey, Jason, that, 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 that. I'm like, gee, <laughs> fucking how, how does this even happen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, whereas I've always just been like, yeah, the same coffee that I always get. <laughs> <laughs> please, please pay it forward to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake wants to pay it forward. Jake uh, wants it over here. Uh, pay it forward, uh, Mr. Moneybags. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, <coughs> I w- I do wonder. Like I've always the, all of the interrogation uh, of the system that you guys had earlier has made me question that I've never actually truly understood how this worked, and I wonder if you could. Um, <laughs> If you could, I was going to say, I wonder if you could just be a douche about this. Obviously, there's infinite ways you could be a douche about it. But I wonder if you start being specific. Like, if you start sort of being, like, uh, an over-parent to the person after you, we're like, oh, really, you should get them, um, like, <laughs> oh, a, man. like, a soy oh, latte. Oh, right. Yeah, you're like, I will buy the next person's drink as long as It's an all drink chai. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've really gotten into that lately, and I think they'll appreciate it. Yeah. So then, does it, does it, uh... Does it cancel out if the next person doesn't order that? Or does oh, no, it, I think they're like, just like, oh, the person before you has someone... ordered your drink, and they just give you something. <laughs> that, you're like, oh, okay. It's gross. Yeah. You could just, you're basically just ordering two of your own drink yeah. and giving mm. one to the next well, person. Or you're sort of. But you're, it's with a condition. It's saying you're basically telling the next person, like, this drink's already made and ready for you, and you can have it, but only if you don't order your own drink. Right. Which, there's really no incentive for the coffee place to follow that rule, unless they're just really into your brand of kind of just assertive right. Oh, well, the person before like, you is giving you a cup of warm tea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 okay. I see. <laughs> okay, well, what I'd like is... Oh, uh, thank the, you, thank you. Uh, well, uh, you know please, what's up. Next... <laughs> oh, would you like to pay it forward? Would you like to order something for the next person? <laughs> yeah, then they, out of spite, pay it forward some other. You just right. basically create lukewarm an, tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, just create an entire somehow try to uh, give yeah, them milk and up. ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have ketchup packets? <laughs> give them a cup of cream. Meanwhile, the guy, the the fucking like the guy behind you in line is like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> And then over in the corner of the coffee shop, inconspicuously, like behind a newspaper and a hat and a pair of dark glasses, is the fucking secret guy who's been following Chris Rice around for weeks, pre-ordering his coffee for him, wondering what the fuck is going on. The guy, this is all, this is a disaster. The guy who's been pre-ordering Chris Rice's drink is like, wait, I could have been getting him fucking milk and ice. I've been playing a shitty game just buying his drink. God, I gotta step up my game. I don't really think we ever told Chris what he's supposed to do about this. Uh, you're supposed to order orange juice and green tea for the person, <laughs> the next person, and then leave, and then buy a newspaper and a hat and watch them <laughs> and watch their reaction. That's true. Actually, get yeah. there five minutes earlier than you usually do and fucking find the guy. Oh, Are yeah, you kidding me? Like, yeah. duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point, good point. Oh, God, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then get there ten minutes early and order for them and get them something fucked up. Right. <laughs> or get juice. them something nice. Learn their name. Befriend them. No, that's not the way this goes for me. For us Chris's. <laughs> this could be a chance for all Chris's to better themselves by learning the person's name, befriending them, then ordering them shitty stuff without their permission. And <laughs> well, then yeah, say, that's, that's oh, what you get. That's the, no, here, 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 this, this is how that works. 
you you do all the befriending stuff and you you do all the things where you become their friend and then you you secretly get there earlier than they do order them shitty drinks then leave and come back right after them and then empathize with them over this weirdo who keeps ordering them bad drinks so that you can bond <laughs> further and gain their trust and then you find out their address and send them Christmas cards every year. In which <laughs> there it is. I was going to say, you've become just like a villain in the last couple of weeks. Of just how do I, like, fuck sort of systemic problems that may exist. Uh, how do I just destroy a random individual out of pure spite? An unknown individual who may be doing me a favor in both these situations. Hey, holiday yeah. greetings from a friend. I'll kill you. <laughs> Here, here's a coffee. You don't even have to buy it, you son of a bitch. I'll <laughs> feed you poison <laughs> while pretending to be your friend. I'm just saying you got to cover your ass. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Warmest greetings. Warmest greetings. <laughs> Nick, have you been hitting up those Tim Hortonses in Canada? No. Those God, Tim they're everywhere, coffee? though. Yeah. People love their Timmies. Is that what they call it, really? Yeah, it's really gross. God, that's such a thing because uh, yeah. when I was living in Boston, people called Dunkin' Donuts donkeys. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a segue into Uncle Donkey? Yeah, this, wait, this sounds like the name of this. Is this a segue to talk about that comedian that we got that email about? <laughs> what? I don't know what you guys are talking about. What? <laughs> the one email that we, for some reason, all refused to read oh, because of God. his subject line? No, I literally have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Donkeys? <laughs> What? Is this real? Uncle or are you guys? It's a real. It's a real email. Yeah. Are you no, kidding it's, me, Chris? We thing. talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this at length yesterday, where we had like dozens of emails that came in, and then we what? all started reading them to populate what we're talking about for this week's episode. And for some reason, Unky Dunky the Bologna Slicer was the <laughs> only email that we didn't talk about. I, and I took a screenshot of our of, of oh, it being man. the only thing unread in a sea of of emails, where for some reason we <laughs> we all sort of just like I mean, slid <laughs> off of clicking Unk- on Unky. Donkey, Donkey the Bologna Slicer. <laughs> what like is after it? actually what looking into it, like well, it it's, makes it's, complete sense that we. It's the colloquial names from multiple. Wait, hold on a sec, Nick. You said after looking into it, it makes complete sense that we avoided it. Are you yeah. suggesting that we have some kind of extrasensory yes. perception? No, I'm we're suggesting aware that it was some kind yeah. of like distasteful or unpleasant. It's sort of like it's email. like a Pennywise the Clown kind of like that's the house, uh, the third house on the left. Like after looking into it, it's very obvious why we all sort of like our brains Every just podcast, kind of like revolted, you know, without yeah. subconsciously. You know, all hosts know to avoid Unky Dunky the Bologna yeah. Slicer when prepping yeah. for a podcast episode. Whether you and know it or not, and when following Unky Dunky the Bologna Slicer in line <laughs> at Starbucks or Tim Hortons, yes, <laughs> he'll order you a really weird well, drink. Yeah, if you follow Unky Dunky the Bologna Slicer uh, in line at uh, Dunkies or Timmy's, <laughs> Unky Unky Jesus, I can't even <laughs> see it's, it's happening, Chris. We're talking about it. This is why you don't talk about Unky Dunky the Bologna Slicer. We're not talking about it. Does anyone know what Unky Dunky the Bologna Slicer is? Oh, I know, but I'm not going to explain it to you. Oh my <laughs> I god! I refuse. Okay. I refuse to talk about it. It's it's just too much. God, did I ever tell you guys about the <laughs> weird conversation I overheard in a Dunkin' Donuts in Quincy, Massachusetts? No, no. Oh man. So <laughs> these two like Boston. So Quincy, Massachusetts. I think it might actually. I think Quincy itself, not Boston proper, might be the birthplace of Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. I think the mm. first Dunkin' Donuts might actually have been in Quincy, Quincy, Mass. 
Uh, sorry. Dunky was born here. Yeah, Dunky was from there, I think. And uh, <clears throat> I remember there was a there was a Dunkin' Donuts. No, I wasn't. Oh fuck, I wasn't in a Dunkin' Donuts. I was in a local pizza shop. That's where I was. I was getting lunch at a pizza shop. Oh, oh, no one said anything interesting. Sorry, I was hoping for the story to just keep correcting itself. <laughs> oh, but I was listening to Unky Dunky. <laughs> is Unky Dunky something you could listen to? Yeah, it is. Say no more, Nick. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. God, what's, this fucking sucks for the person who wrote this email that the <laughs> entire fine. presence of their email on the podcast. Dude, just, this is. This email sucks. Honestly, this is a shit email. No one said that it sucks. People are saying it's a forbidden subject. We're just making it all the more desirable. <laughs> this is it's just building it up. It's, yeah, the forbidden fruit of we'll Unky Dunky. Unky Dunky no, we're just going to link it in the show notes and people can figure it out. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was in this, this pizzeria and there were these two like kind of old timers sitting at a table in the back reminiscing mm-hmm. and one of them was like why don't we got that dunkin donuts over here anymore why don't we was the donkeys and the other guy is like well let me tell you about that you remember georgie he's like yeah i remember georgie georgie we went to prison he's like yeah but georgie's out now you know why georgie went to prison i don't know i don't know why did georgie go to prison well Georgie burned down that Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Georgie's father inside. What? <laughs> what? what? Holy and then shit. the first guy's like, well, guess that's why we can't have nice things here. And that was the entire conversation. <laughs> and then I got my pizza and left. <laughs> I, Steve, well, our friend Steve and I have, that is like a shared experience that we <laughs> had. Like, God, that was eight years ago now and we we when we see each other sometimes we'll just quote yeah with georgie's father inside because it was this like (laughs) that's totally incredibly distressing fucked up thing uh that i just overheard about these guys talking about why there's no dunkin donuts here anymore (laughs) and that's why you didn't remember it inside of dunkin donuts because that Dunkin' Donuts was burned down. It was burned down. Georgie right. burned down that yes. Dunkin' Donuts with Georgie's with father George's inside. George's father inside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That tracks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It all makes sense. Georgie burned the donkey. God, where is this podcast gone? I don't remember mm. what we're talking about at all. We're done talking about ordering coffee for people. Oh, what you do is you burn down the Dunkin' Donuts with Georgie's father <laughs> inside. There you go, Chris and Chris. Now you know. All right. Solved it. Actually, before we take a break, let's let's read a quick follow up uh, from Rachel, who you may remember. Two weeks ago? Well, no, last week. I think it was just last week. Yeah, last week. Uh, as Actually, I, I referenced this a few minutes ago. Uh, we got an email from Rachel who described how she and her husband have, for years, been getting a Chris, annual Christmas card from a couple named Susan and Mark who they do not know and they can't figure out where this is coming from. So we asked a few questions and I just wanted to tack on this addendum from her. She writes, hey, friends. As to your question about Susan and Mark's Christmas cards, when I said nothing comes up on Google Maps, I meant a small nondescript house with trees covering the front is shown in Street View, and the owner isn't listed anywhere. The address is in Illinois, and I live in New Jersey, so I'm a bit far to track it down. Also, dank Mars anus doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm a nerdy middle child, so damn Narcs USA could describe a number of people I was friends with growing up and probably still now. Thanks for your help. Definitely made 2018 great already. Stay peppery, Rachel. Uh, well, I'm <clears> glad <throat> that it's revealed that those m- mails are coming from a shadowy, nondescript house, and it's probably the narcs. So I'm glad we can put that to bed. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. 
Well, let's take a break. Yep. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by a shout out. A shout out? A shout out. A very specific shout out. <laughs> uh, this is from Captain Invictus. Captain Invictus would like to ask folks if they would be interested in cashing out their virtual inventories on the online game store Steam. He buys whole Team Fortress 2, Dota 2, Counter-Strike Go, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and Steam community inventories and pays in cash via PayPal. If you know what any of this means, you might be part of the target market for Captain Invictus's virtual thrift shop, I guess. Yeah, Invictus's virtual hat emporium. Yeah. Uh, he says here he's been an admin for the original trading website, Team Fortress 2 Trading Post, for over six years now and has been a trustworthy pillar of the trading community since its inception. If interested in learning more, feel free to add him at steamcommunity.com slash ID slash spesmarine. That's S-P-E-S-S-M-A-R-I-N-E for more details. That's steamcommunity.com slash ID slash spesmarine. He has many impersonators, so make sure his <laughs> registration date is December 25th, 2004, and he will generally go by the name A Vacuum Full of Bees. <laughs> this is, literally, <laughs> this is literally the most incomprehensible thing that we've ever communicated, not just on a shout-out, but on the entirety of this podcast, which is really saying something. I, Catherine Invictus, I hope that this shout-out generates any amount of commercial business for you. Um, I'm doing my best. Jake, do you have anything to add here? Uh, I mean, as you said, if you know what this means, then it applies to you. And if you do not, it does not. But I do want to echo your recommendation, Chris, that... Well, you didn't recommend it. I didn't it. recommend jack shit. Well, I want to take what All you... All I s- recommend is selling things to this sponsor of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well... That's true. I, I, but I guess I, you'll be more likely to do that if you follow your recommendation, which is... Oh, my recommendation is that you go and listen to the Hat Baron saga of the Idle Thumbs podcast, which explains the sort of roiling ups and downs of the virtual item economy inside of Steam, specifically at the, at the time was the games Team Fortress 2 and Dota 2. And that's when uh, there's a whole YouTube video that just aggregates all yeah. of those. If, if, you, you, search if you search for Idle Thumbs Hat Baron Saga, you'll find yeah. them, and we'll link it in the show notes along with this uh, shout-out. Um, right, so it's we, fucking crazy. <clears throat> yes, I will link this... Uh, I will link Captain Invictus's Steam community profile so that if you have any of these virtual items in any of these video games, you can sell them to him. Uh, Thank you, Captain Invictus. If you would like to purchase a shout-out on this podcast, either personal or commercial, uh, head over to store.idlethumbs.net and click the shout-outs item, and the details are there. Nice. All right. All right, are we back? Sure. Sure. Let's try that shit again. Hey, are we back? Sure. Uh huh. Oh my god, you guys. All right, we have an email. For, we have an email from Miloslav Bros. I don't know. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Who, uh, although he says, "Don't feel bad for mispronouncing it." I I do. Feel good, in fact, Chris. Feel great. No, I feel bad. Oh. Uh, he writes. I would love to bring to your attention a Netherlands startup company. Mm. The company's goal is to clear the cities of cigarette butts. 
The way they accomplish this is brilliant and also hilarious. They train crows to do it for them through devices that collect the cigarette butts and, after recognizing that it truly is a butt, put out food for the crow that brought it. A thought came to my mind. Once the crows learn where the butts are coming from, they are going to look for sources. Once finding them, they'll be waiting for the butts to collect. Imagine a person goes out for a smoke, and slowly as he's smoking, a crow simply stares and waits for the person to finish. Also, the company is called Crowded Cities. Crowded Cities. Also, the device using to train crows is called the Crowbar. Here's the link, crowdedcities.com. Hope you'll find it at least half as funny as I did. Miloslav Bros. Don't feel bad for mispronouncing it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is amazing. You love it? I mean, I'm really impressed that it... That it I, okay. I, I don't... It's not clear to me if this works, but I know that it can work... Because apparently the pro- the th- project that inspired this is an American guy, just I think just an individual guy. Oh, you're talking about the Crow vending machine? Yeah, a guy who built mm. a whole uh, apparatus to train crows to bring money to like find coins in the world and then bring them into the into a box, and then upon doing so, the crows rewarded with food. And the way that it... thats Are you talking about Josh Klein is the guy who did that? Probably. I think? Yeah, he yeah. did a TED Talk mm. on this, and it was also on a couple podcasts, and like there were NPR stories about it. And stuff. Okay. So like, okay, it, was yeah. a, it was a thing in like 2008, oh, 10 wh- years ago. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the thing that amused me about this is that the European version of it is like a social project for good that aims to clean up the streets, and the American version of it is... I have money now because crows brought it to me. I, it's a, well, it's a, ah, Chris, let's be clear here because the European one that is for the social good is actually probably intending to live off the, the, the teat of the socialist government by getting people to sign up <laughs> to put these in every city. We're going to definitely uh, eventually see. regulate sweet, this sweet government crow contracts. bars everywhere uh, until it's in fact an EU requirement that you have <laughs> to be putting crowbars in uh, on every block. Yeah, and then who's getting rich off that? Not the citizens of these cities. The crows. No, the crows are just getting well fed and fat. They're, yeah, we're going to create complacent EU crows, Chris. <laughs> um, and I mean, what about the cigarette companies that are trying to pivot to vaping? What about them? No, this Vape is actually pens? this is actually the this is actually the problem that I that I that I realized that, uh, just now. <laughs> Uh, oh my god okay so this is interesting we know the crows are very intelligent creatures yeah. we're training crows to crave cigarettes as the way that they are given their source of food oh god cigarettes you're, you're going to create c- chain smoking crows no cigarette oh. well <laughs> cigarettes are getting uh are slowly sort of fading out of culture in a lot of ways in favor of like vaping e-cigarettes yeah. whatever um what if crows start finding ways to get people hooked on traditional cigarettes again <laughs> 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 they, they say crows are amazing problem solvers. Yeah, like what if crows? <laughs> like a start crow to f- just like glides down to your windowsill and just drops a cigarette there, just suggestively. <laughs> Drop, yeah, drops a a full unused a lit cigarette, cigarette, knowing it's like the that thing only takes but another crow just this. flicks yeah. a lighter somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crows are digging through city dumps, finding old magazines with Marlboro ads, and then sort of just pasting them up on your windows, <laughs> so you wake up and are like, oh, wh- I guess I do really want to smoke a cigarette. It's been ten years. Yeah. But I really just want 
you know, there's like there's that old Joe Camelot. I remember him. Where did this come from? As like crows are sort of flying away, going. <laughs> yeah. Back meanwhile, to the dump. just outside of your view of the window is just a semicircle of expecting <laughs> yeah, crows. Yeah, crows just right out of view. It's the the Joe Camelot as it pastes into your window. It has the eyes pecked out so that a so that two crows can sideways look through the eyes of Joe Campbell to see if their ads are affecting you and making you go buy an old just busted traditional cigarette so that the crow can get fed. <laughs> I, I'm worried about the weird life cycles that we're going to create here, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, life finds a way. And if you train crows to get fed by way of cigarette butts, but then also phase out cigarette butts, what does that mean for, for our future? Yeah. <laughs> I thought the money one was fucked up. No, crows are going to get kids hooked on cigarettes. <laughs> I, adorable I, crows. Getting adorable kids. Getting adorable kids hooked, hooked on, on adorable on, cigarettes. By way of adorable cigarette mascots that have been banned that they dig up from That's the true. dump. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> the world's crows are teaming up with Joe Camel. Remember him? <laughs> Remember Joe? What is this, the local news report? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> These so called crow bars. <laughs> Why can't crows just be good old-fashioned capitalists? Why, right. It was easier when it was just about the money yeah. before big tobacco yeah. got involved. Yeah. So <laughs> in uh, making money, I don't know. This is all—it's all very complicated. <laughs> it's not that. I mean, it is complicated, Chris. We've invented okay, a machine yeah. that takes and recognizes cigarettes and dispenses a small token of food to crows. We're in a complicated situation. It's true. Yes. I, I guess, mean, I guess. I guess many, like many of our modern problems, it could be solved with the sentence, can you just not? (laughs) (laughs) Are crows the same thing as ravens? Those are different, right? They're different. What is the difference? I don't know. (laughs) There's there's definitely a difference, though. (laughs) I was just learning by coincidence the other day about the Raven Master at the Tower of London, which is a pretty badass job title. It's a guy who works at the Tower of London and is in charge of just like caring for and maintaining the ravens that live at the Tower of London. Although, I mean, saying that they live there is sort of like slightly deceptive because they're forced to live there basically because they have their wings clipped and they can't really fly Mm. away. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he has the, I mean, like he seems to be legitimately friends with them in the sense that like there's one that's, he's known for that the, you know, there's a raven that's been there for like eight years that he has a name for and everything, and she will just like come up to him and kind of just Give nibble him a at his at his hand <laughs> at his hand until he starts stroking her beak, like petting her beak, mm. and then she's like soothed. And then when he stops doing it, she like pokes at his hand again until he starts doing it again. So there's definitely uh, yeah, crows and hmm. ravens alike are actually very sort of smart and aware. Yeah, and S- love smoking. Actually, they <laughs> hate smoking and they want to clean up our streets. They love smoking and want to turn it into a more sanitary activity. They love, smoke- they love smoking and want everyone to do it, but they don't want the but they they want the evidence of yeah. it to be removed from the ground. Our junior high PE teacher had a crow that used to hang out like on the blacktop during really? during PE and would like actually hand out pencils and stuff. What? Uh, but since it was a junior high and teens are horrible, someone killed it. Oh my god! What? Yeah. Wow, that's super fucked up. Yeah, there Jesus. were like pictures of this crow for like years and years in the school <laughs> library, like hanging out with Mr. Hanson, the PE teacher, and then our year, some shit had killed it. How is it possible to work with teens and not just despise them over time? I mean, like, I'm sure plenty of them don't kill crows. Like, I, think I, it, I think it wears I, you down. I think he, it fucking wears you down. Oh, my God. But like, you just need, mm. you just need that to happen. 
I would say more than zero times. I mean, that's like literally like someone killing your pet, basically. If you it just, is not like that. Is it, it, it is, is in fact that. I mean, you don't own this crow. It's a wild animal, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. You know, it just hangs out at school, I mean, but you becomes your friend. Birds. It is just, a, yeah, but in this case- I it's mean, just as much an, as you can own a dog. An, it was an animal <laughs> on campus, like a wild animal that had enough intelligence that it sort of was able to yeah. recognize and become companions with a PE teacher and then did like wacky tricks yeah. and then was murdered. God, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Good I'm Lord. sorry to introduce animal murder into this podcast. Yeah, Jesus. I forgot about it until I said it. I forgot the fate of Larry the Crow until I said it a oh, lot. Oh, man, he had a name, Larry? Oh, no, oh yeah. Name oh, this is Larry really Bird. Small. It's a PE class, Chris. Oh, my God. God, that guy must have been devastated. That <clears throat> sucks. Yeah. God, kids are such shits. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get him hooked on smoking. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> yes. After the, after the, the, the sad of demise of Larry yeah. the Crow... Uh, Crows has sworn <laughs> to get all children addicted <laughs> to, to nicotine. Their brother. <laughs> yeah. These crows don't hand out pencils, they hand out cigarettes. <laughs> Tonight on the 10 o'clock news. <laughs> and then they deposit them for food. <laughs> Startup culture is yeah. poisoning our children with tobacco. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know, something else. <laughs> uh, we have an email. Oh, actually, I guess I don't have this email. We, did you want to, do you want to do that weird email about... About Koopa Troopas? About Koopa Troopas, yeah. I haven't actually read this email. Well, you haven't read it <laughs> because I, I, just, I thought you would just enjoy hearing this story for the first okay. time, Chris. Yeah, go for it. That's fine. It's so rare that I get to hear an email cold. This is, this is a, quite a long email, but both Nick and I read it and enjoyed it. And it's, it's about... Um, I mean, we've talked in the past, both on uh, on Important If True and on Idle Thumbs, about your childhood misconceptions. Uh, like where mine? No, just one's childhood misconceptions, oh, okay. where you'll sort of see something mm. and, and believe it to be something else, and then how that sort of can plant the seed. Like A very common one on the Idle Thumbs podcast, especially, was people who played video games as a kid and saw sort of a low-resolution pixel art enemy and thought that it was something other than it was, or like, sure. you know, or when you see a uh, a movie and people do something strange. You go, oh well, that must be because this is how an adult acts, and right. then it's completely, completely wrong. Right, um, and then it turns out that none of your beliefs about cause and effect make any fucking sense at all because then you learn the crows seek out cigarette butts to exchange them for <laughs> food and stuff. We're like, well, then who the fuck? What's even the point of like developing a co- cogent theory about the way anything in the world works at all? You're getting dangerously close to just saying that everything's fake news, Chris, and I do not subscribe to that <laughs> bit. So. No, I'm just saying everything is so inscrutable and like so many we, – we have mastered enough systems that we, we – now just engage with systems beyond our ability to uh, Chris, any longer this is why you them. must strive for the truth above all else in uncertain times. That is why you need to disguise yourself with a hat and sunglasses and order <laughs> someone a shitty drink, and it's also why crows need to cut out the eyes of Joe Camel. I believe that we are doing a, a public a great service in these confusing times. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we're figuring it out. So uh, let's listen to this story uh, written in by A.D., Through a series of misunderstandings and strange associations, I decided as a child that the Koopa Troopa turtle from the Super Mario Brothers video game series had the character of a tragic southern belle, (laughs) like Blanche Dubois in Tennessee Williams' A Streetcar Named Desire. I unconsciously carried this idea of the character for two decades (laughs) before- Okay, hold on. This is, I have to immediately like- This is the summary. This is the, this is the, this is uh, just the abstract. We'll get into the entire- Okay, but even before we get that far, I have to like, there is even, even, even in this, 
there's already a, a a sort of positioning as of any of these fucking creatures as characters that have any amount of interiority or backstory that is already totally foreign to me. That is already something that I never, like when I saw the little pixel people run around on it never, okay, this is probably a failing on my part rather than anything else, but it would never have occurred to no. me to be like, huh, why is this person here? Because or the thing, creature, whatever. <laughs> because the only relationship you have to them is you jump on them and murder them and I feel like any attempt but then to maybe infuse you- them with human humanity or or any what kind if? of like tragedy is just makes the whole experience so fucked up I know. you immediately have to murder all of the ones you see I know it's even easy to accidentally murder them if you even right. like tap their heads they're they're dead but what if Chris Murdered. you were a person who uh, believed that they had the character of a tragic southern <laughs> belle such as Blanche Dubois that is impossible <laughs> that is an impossible conclusion to draw and then the follow up sentence to this abstract being I unconsciously carried this idea of of the character for two decades before I ever questioned <laughs> or unpacked how I had arrived at such a weird thing. <laughs> this is literally impossible. It's so good. Uh, are you ready to hear why it is possible? I guess. Sure. Fucking why not? Crows entirely possible. seeking cigarettes, shadow economy, coffee detectives, whatever. Fucking sure. <laughs> I have since figured out this all started with the first time I played Super Mario Brothers. I was probably about four or five years old. My friend Mike had just got a Nintendo and I went over to his house to play it his mother came into the room while we were playing and was asking us about the game she pointed at a koopa troopa and asked why we were jumping on that woman <laughs> we were conf- <laughs> okay, oh, great. Sure, whatever. Go ahead. we were confused by this and she explained the turtle looked like a woman wearing a bustle a dress with a back part like a fake butt she explained <laughs> the dress that a fancy woman wore a long time ago like what and so and then there's a picture of a koopa troopa and oh a woman wearing a dress with a huge wow, bustle. Wow, I see it. And their silhouettes are actually the same if you were to sort of just blank them out and not f- and not read the eyes uh, of the mm-hmm. turtle as, as sort of a weird bulbous cartoon head, but instead as the body of a person that you saw yeah. from afar wow. as a mom looking at a blurry image on a cathode ray tube television. And it's worth remembering that what those looked like on TV was not crystal clear. No, just a blur, it's a like blur on an old CRT television. Yeah. yeah. This was all very confusing, and I remember when my mom picked me up that day, being really excited about playing Nintendo, and also trying to get my mom to explain to me why in the past women wore fake butts or turtle shells, (laughs) as a a four or five year old kid asking their mom this. Around that time, or maybe a little later, I watched the 1951 film of a streetcar named Desire with my father. I was way too young to understand the film, the story, or the culture class uh, and lost delusion and dreams of a better life. I remember asking my father what was wrong with the character Blanche uh, portrayed in the film by the amazing Vivian Lee, and he explained she was a tragic character because she held on to the fantasy of a better life she maybe once had but was gone, that she was trying to be fancy and beautiful in a squalid world. I was probably like six years old at the time and couldn't really process any of this, nor should I have been able to. Uh, what did happen, I think, is that in my mind, the character of Blanche Dubois and the Koopa Troopa merged. <laughs> this sort of regal and delicate sadness of a quote-unquote fallen Southern Belle, I somehow unconsciously thought this was the backstory of the turtle enemy <laughs> oh from Super God. Mario. <laughs> but honestly, in the strange logic of the Mario universe, where the Italian plumber fights turtles and plants in a fantasy kingdom of mushrooms to save a princess, a tragic backstory for the turtle enemy might kind of fit into that logic uh, i'm aware of how crazy this all is now no i mean it kind of makes sense and i mean yeah that that character just wand endlessly wanders yeah. 
this world in a complete equilibrium kind of sort of status quo until this rampaging murderous <laughs> just, plumber just busts in. It's like, hey, just destroys fuck them. You, fuck you, and fuck all you, that's fuck left you. is the shell or the bustle, which is sort of the symbol yeah. of upper class uh, right. attire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, again, I don't know if I uh, ever spoke this out loud to anyone, but I definitely had it in my <laughs> mind as I played all the games in the Mario series. There was something proud and tragic to the Koopa Troopa, especially in the original Nintendo Mario titles. The Red <laughs> Turtle. They really, they really didn't keep up with the. The, the Red Turtle lore. walking back and forth on a lone platform. The green one walking directly off a platform into a pit. Oh my God! The way the Koopa Troopa's eyes spun when it hit a banana peel in Mario Kart. I remember thinking of the character this way all throughout the Super <laughs> Nintendo games. And I remember the way that thinking, Mario shouted mendacity at the Koopa Troopa <laughs> as it walked by. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember thinking the Koopa Troopas in Yoshi's Island, which was the sequel to Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo, looked off-model for seeming too jaunty and masculine. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Anyway, in my mid-20s, I was living in Japan. Uh, the sort of Proustian Madeline moment where I unpacked this nonsense happened like this. My girlfriend's little sister was showing me a Koopa Troopa keychain key she had just bought. <laughs> oh, man. And when I saw the Koopa Troopa, I said, oh, poor thing, <laughs> feeling sympathy for the tragic Southern Belle. When she asked me, why poor thing, I started to formulate in my mind how to explain. This conversation was happening in Japanese. You can see this was a small child. She may not be prepared. She may not be able to grasp the nuance of the Koopa Troopa character, the tragic Koopa Troopa character. This conversation was happening in Japanese, and while my conversational Japanese was good, I had that moment where you try to think of how to translate (laughs) complex cultural concepts which may not have an analog. I started thinking about if there was an easy shorthand for Blanche Dubois or Tragic Southern Belle in Japanese. And in that moment, for the first time in two decades, I started to interrogate how weird it was that I thought the Koopa Troopa, uh, the Noko Noko in Japanese, had any of these qualities and started running through the memories that I have written above. So I probably just stood there for a few beats, staring off at nothing, and then finally said, oh, you know, poor thing, always getting jumped on by Mario. (laughs) Later, I learned uh, in fandom and fan communities, there is a thing called headcanon where fans of a thing write their own backstories, etc. for characters, but that seems like a conscious creative effort, whereas my backstory for the turtle just seemed to happen organically, and I'm mostly this surprised- This is a way better version of headcanon. Yeah. This is oh, yeah, much better because you actually believe it to be true, yes. and not only because you want to. Yeah. I'm mostly surprised that, surprised that I believed it for so long without questioning it. So, um, and then their question is- uh, have you ever inadvertently found that you made a complicated backstory for something without any conscious effort to do so? I don't care if either of us ever have because <laughs> no way are we going to get within like 400 million miles of this amazing, perfectly formed slice of human existence. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I love this. Good. I'm so glad I didn't read this ahead of time. Yeah. What a good email. Oh, that's unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Oh. God, the the the, the I mean, opening that just where it's like I dare you to believe that and you're like there's no way this tracks uh, just get ready yeah because every detail creates just the most perfectly formed little diamond of yeah. just nothing yeah oh that's amazing oh poor the, thing yeah the, th- the oh my god the moment where he's sitting there talking to this little girl is also just astonishing in its in its huma- crushing humanity. I love that he- it's the effort of trying to translate your own weird emotional construct mm-hmm. about this character into another language that makes you go, wait, For a wh- small child especially. Yeah, just wa- who couldn't, who like would have a difficult time understanding this even given complete fluency. Right, whereas it happened to you completely organically as a child. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. Well, no, it didn't happen all at once, though. That's, Look, yeah, but I mean, it was, was, it was built up, but it seems like a natural thing to understand. Over, yeah. And then how do I explain this to a child the way that I, as a child, understood it? Oh, actually, this is nonsense. This is <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that's wonderful about it is that it's also he experienced his own tiny tragedy in that moment as yes. his beautiful story of mm. this character was crushed entirely in his own head due to his own self-reflection. Yep. In his attempt to communicate it to another human being, yeah, uh, everything about this is extraordinary. Yeah, it's I very, can't handle it. It's good. I love it. Ah, <laughs> oh. who wrote this to us? Uh, they're just listed as <laughs> AD. Thank you, AD. Thank you, AD. Oh. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's one of the best things. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, sorry. This and the email ends just to be clear with yeah. thanks, Wax House Baby AD, <laughs> <laughs> which. That is a true wax house. Well, were we just waxed house by this email? You couldn't write this. If you made this up, no, find was, an agent. No, that was his subconscious. No, 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 no. He was waxed house by his subconscious over the course of his lifetime. What is the past tense of being waxed? Are you waxed house or are you wax housed? I was thinking are you wax house babied? Waxed house. I don't know. Yeah. Wax house babied. Babied? Yeah. You're just babied? You're babied? You're a baby? <laughs> Baby, but yes, this uh, the Wikipedia of AD's own brain was wax housed by AD. Yeah, mm. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh my god, incredible. Yeah. Do you want to actually or read the, the follow up to Wax House Baby? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? Oh yeah. Um, okay, Aaron writes. Um, Should we preface this at all? Yeah. So there was a uh, the shitty 2005 remake of the film House of Wax. Um, a listener of this podcast something like eight years ago he remembers it uh, being five years ago but I think if you actually examine the yeah. Wikipedia history it was longer ago than that he once went and renovated the Wikipedia page about the 2005 Paris Hilton House of Wax movie um, in a number of ways but most crucially to include the claim that the original title of the film was Wax House Baby uh, which was maintained on Wikipedia for the better part of a decade, spread throughout the internet, and was finally debunked on this podcast, at which point the Wikipedia... By, uh, well, it was debunked by us reading their email, admitting to the crime. Yes. It was, we, we read their confession aloud yes. on the podcast. And then other Wikipedia enter- editors, having heard that revelation on the podcast, went in and stripped the article of that alternate title, although it still exists in other corners of the internet. Anyway, so, given that, we now have a follow-up from Aaron, who writes... Are you being waxed house, baby? Not to alarm, but you have, have you considered that the Wikipedia prankster who wrote in to confess vandalizing the House of Wax article may in fact be using your podcast as a launching platform for a reverse wax house, baby, with the desired effect of the legitimate alternative title for the film being stricken from the record? Did you check to verify the source article from the Canadian movie magazine was actually fake, or did you take the prankster's word for it? I checked the Wikipedia article, and the alternative title has unsurprisingly been removed with the only explanation that someone claimed it was fake on your podcast, which is a more terrifying world, the one where a malicious Wikipedia editor can add a fake title to a movie, or the one where an anonymous podcast commenter can remove a real one. Aaron. Yeah, that's... that's, that's <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like my brain has been expanded across multiple axes over in this episode of this mm-hmm. podcast in ways that I don't necessarily enjoy, no. except for Blanche Dubois, which I love. Yes. Whom I love. And the Cooper Troopers, who you now see as a tragic Southern yeah. Belle type character. Yes. Uh, yeah, I re- I really enjoy this email and the the fact that no, none none of us nor the Wikipedia editors in in question actually 
went and verified the source. Yes. You can look I tried up, to. You can look up Nick tried to. Yes, you can look up abstracts of what is in that issue, but the full contents of that issue are not online. So no, this cannot actually be def- any more definitively verified yeah. than the initial Wikipedia edit. Um so I mean the more the even more intense wax house is that this was a real thing. Our vandal put it in there and then the same person years later decided to just create a new prank as of now, which is that this real title is fake. Right. And mm. they are outing themselves ostensibly as the perpetrators of an original prank, but in fact, this is the prank. I mean, that's the even more in, right. more this is, long con version of this. Yeah, they've changed the rules. Yeah. Wax House Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this all will be adapted into a film, Wax House Baby. <laughs> uh, that's this person's final play. Yeah. Uh, is that it? How deep does this go? How many houses within houses? Wax houses within wax houses within <laughs> the wax film, houses. The film Wax House Baby ends with... Uh, like someone actually waxing and then putting up posters for the movie Wax House Baby along a wall of a city <laughs> as the other person anonymously walks by with a hat, sunglasses, and a newspaper and a huge and a, bag of money that they've made off of Wax House Baby. The right cup of coffee. And a cup of coffee, which they then taste and go, oh, this smoking is disgusting. A, smoking a cigarette, they, yeah. which they then discard as a crow immediately they, yeah, swoops they, down. They taste the coffee go, this is just milk and ice. This Throw it away. And, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, now my cigarette is ruined. They throw that on the ground and a crow flies away. And the final thing that you see uh, is the eye of a crow. Peeking, peeking, peeking through, through Joe Camel's eye. Peeking through Joe yeah. Camel's eye. A single blink of the crow's eye and then yeah, cut to the black. Joe, Joe Camel is animated at the end of this uh, in sort of a motion graphics end on main uh, really expensive credit sequence. And, and then he, then says, goes, he says, Wax House Baby. baby. <laughs> and then it cuts to black. And then the hit song, Wax House Baby, <laughs> plays, which wins a Grammy. Uh, the song was written by this Wikipedia vandal. <laughs> Who then comfortably retires on the royalties of this <laughs> Wax House Baby song. and the hit song <laughs> Wax House Baby. <laughs> uh, and also, there uh, a uh, Series A investor in the Crowbar, the crowbar. <laughs> which has been uh, sort of native advertised placed into the end of Wax House Baby. And this podcast. And episodes of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. All right. I can't uh, believe that we got fucking played that bad by the Wax House guy and Crows. All right. I'm mentally exhausted. Oh, Let's endorse. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh oh. Hmm. I've seen too deep. I've seen too deep into the machinations of this world, into the into the dark beating mechanism that governs our stupid economy. Uh, let's let's uh, talk about products that we recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Cigarettes. Come up with one. <laughs> I'll go first, actually. Okay. Um, I am going to. So, uh, maybe a week or two ago, on Twitter, I, in a, in a just like fit of frustration, uh, I posted asking if anyone knows how to block unknown callers on iOS. I didn't mm. actually get an answer to this. This is still infuriating. A lot of people said, "Oh, well, you can block numbers, or you can, you know, block." Zero zero zero, whatever. All that is true, and that works fine. But it is possible for mar- telemarketers to completely disguise all parts of their caller ID so that your phone, there is no number, there's no zeros displayed. It's just like the phrase "unknown caller" or "no" or 
no caller ID or something like that. And at least on iOS, as far as I can tell, there's actually no way to make your phone block that or send it immediately to voicemail or anything. It's an infuriating just hole that I doesn't seem to be able to be filled. But in my uh, among the replies I got to this uh, to this inquiry, because I do also just get a lot of of non-blocked telemarketing calls, which are infuriating. Um, I was recommended the app Hiya, H-I-Y-A, which appears to be available on both iOS and Android. And I installed this about a week ago, and it is fantastic. Essentially, what this does is you give the app permission to sort of interface with your phone, just the built-in phone app on your, your, your mobile phone. And what it does is it every time someone calls you, it cross-references that caller's phone number against this massive database they have of hundreds of thousands of uh, just possibly suspicious phone numbers, which is presumably created by all the other people also using this app. Um, and I don't know, maybe other sources. <clears throat> and so when you're when you get a call, if this app believes it to be a telemarketer or some kind of spoof or a robocaller, uh, it actually a little warning shows up on the screen as mm. the call's coming in, and you can just immediately reject the call, and you don't need to let it ring or pick it up or anything. Something must have happened to me like a couple months ago where my phone number made it out to like one source, and then now it's and you're just out forever. Now I'm fucked. Now yeah, it's mine, everywhere. Mine hasn't yet, which is nice. No, you're lucky. Yeah, I I must have been careless at some point <clears> because <throat> now I'm. You know, I'm on the do not call registry, but that does that does jack shit because yep. these people don't care about that. Uh, and so anyway, the app is called Hiya, H-I-Y-A, and I love it. I I love that it exists. And Hiya, H-I-Y-A, that's me. Uh, who wants to go next? I can go. Go ahead, Jake. Go, Jake. What do you got? I would like to endorse a comic book. Okay. Uh, what I would like to endorse is... <laughs> The comic book Sam and Max Surfing oh, the Highway. Oh wow, deep cut. Yeah, Sam and Max. Uh, it's a it's an alternative comic from the '80s that I think more 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 people at this point know it either because it was a LucasArts and Telltale Games video game series or because it was on TV on Fox it's like a Kids. Fox cartoon, it was yeah. a Fox Kids cartoon in the '90s, and those are the places where most people seem to know it from at this point. But it was a sort of short-lived series of on again, off again. Uh, like one-off comic adventures and it's been in and out of print as a trade paperback but as of a couple years ago it finally showed up on Comixology on the sort of comics app for you know that you can read on smartphones and tablets and computers and I I just I I highly recommend reading Sam and Max the actual comic books if you never have before I think they're absolutely hilarious yeah they're very very Uh, good Sam and Max are a dog and rabbit who live in a world of humans in the sort of I guess like the style of Howard the Duck and sort of that like weird 80s thing where for some reason that was just uh, a thing but they 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 refer to themselves as freelance police and act as kind of kind of private investigators kind of detectives but really it's just uh, excuses for mayhem for mayhem sort of just across weird American genre pastiche and the writing is really good and the art is beautiful. Actually, Steve Purcell, the person who wrote and drew and created Sam and Max now works at Pixar and does storyboard work and co-directs some of their feature films and shorts. But before that, he made weird comic books about a dog and a rabbit with huge guns who drive around in an old 1960s DeSoto and uh, it's good. Didn't, Jake, this is sort of a, 
potential conflict of interest here because didn't <laughs> you design and receive an Eisner nomination for the like reissue of Sam and Max? <laughs> I did, and highway? I always forget about that. I always forget that that <laughs> I am an Eisner nominated uh, graphic designer. Uh, yeah, I worked when I worked. That was an incredible humble brag. Dude, I'm not. It's that's not a humble brag. I, I forget that it's true, and then when I remember, I'm super proud of myself. And, uh, <laughs> and don't, don't fucking forget it. Yeah, uh, I used to work at Telltale Games, uh, which is a game company in Northern California that uh, made ga- a couple games based on Sam and Max. So I worked with Steve Purcell for a while, which was awesome because, like, I think the reason that I ended up with a job in the games industry is because I used to run old fan sites, including one for the Sam and Max comics and games. Um, but yeah, I got to work with Steve to uh, for like the. 10th anniversary of the comic book series or 20th anniversary of Sam and Max or something. I can't remember what it was. We, yeah, we did a, we did a reprint uh, because the books had been out of print for years and years. Of course that reprint is now out of print, which is infuriating. Oh, but, bummer. Is there any mm. way that you can buy these? You can, you can, yeah, you can, well, you can buy the, you can buy the books on Amazon used, but if you buy, if you want to read the comics digitally, they're on Comixology. Okay. So we'll link to both of those options because it's a beautiful edition. It is. Yeah. It's really nice. Thanks, Chris. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm really happy with that. Like as someone yeah, who no, grew it's up a really nice, as book. someone who grew up loving those comics and the video games, it was so awesome to be able to actually design the, design the cover for, and then like we got all the original scans and all the original like four color separations back from the first printer and then had to go in and either rescan or use their scans and do all the cleanup work because even 10 years later all, like th- that book had been printed entirely optically yeah and then we were mm-hmm. doing it all digitally and it was it was fun to get to just like noodle on super high-res versions of all of this comic stuff that i liked as a kid anyway sam and max is good and funny read it cool all right we'll link to all that stuff uh nick what is your endorsement i am going to endorse a web service called sync sketch Called what? Um, Sync Sketch. Sync Sketch. S i n k or s y n c. S y n c. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense than what I was thinking. Um, it's uh, it's a really simple service that it, it allows you to upload an image or a video. Oh, it's an file. RSS. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're doing there. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> RSS stands for really simple syndication. Yes, it's true. For real. <laughs> we know, Chris. RSS fr. Uh huh. Really simple syndication for real. <laughs> okay. Please continue, Nick. Sync Sketch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is a very um, uh, uh, easy to use uh, service that allows you to upload a video or a or an image, um, and it's uh, to the cloud basically, and 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 share that file with uh, any number of people. Uh, you can all be viewing the file at the same time, and if it's a video file, the scrubbing through of the file will actually sync to whoever is actually you know controlling it at the time, and then you can just sketch on top of any frame in the video file. And so, for things like animation or or like graphic design or what have you, you can just have a really nice free way to just like share those files between like a group of people. Uh, I was using it because um, I had a couple of weeks where my girlfriend Janelle, who's an animator was just as a hobby kind of teaching me like animation basics and during the day she was at work and so if i was just like noodling on something at lunch i would just like put it on sync sketch and she could get you know you can just go through and you know every couple of frames just draw in uh like a note or just a sketch over top of the frame um and it syncs with audio as well so as you're scrubbing through you can kind of see what the other person's doing um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's a, it's a very specific endorsement for, for you know, a lot of people aren't going to f- find anything useful to, you know, get out of this. But, um, if you do anything, uh, where you need to like collaboratively share something with people who are remote, 
um, uh, that is in, you know, just like a, a piece of uh, design or, or animation. Uh, it's really nice and free and uh, easy to use. That's cool. So, Never heard of yeah. that. That sounds, that nice. sounds, yeah, very that sounds really cool. Sync yep. sketch. All right, we'll link to that as well. Okay. That, I think, wraps it up for this week's episode of Important If True. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you would like to send us a question, if you need our help or our advice, you need us to solve a problem for you of some kind or whatever else, go ahead and email questions at importantiftrue.com and we will do our best. Uh, if you go to importantiftrue.com, you can see where to subscribe to this podcast, um, how to find the forums for each episode, and uh, just all the other kind of information about where we are on the internet. And if you'd like an ad-free version of this show, head over to patreon.com slash true, where the details of that reward and more are explained in detail. If you do like the show, please tell a friend. Tell a friend on the internet, in real life, through some kind of archaic means, like sending them a letter in the mail, um, explaining why it's a good podcast. I, 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 I struggle with that myself, so good luck to you. Um, but, you know, maybe you'll figure it out. And that's it. That's it. That's all we got this week. For Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rutkin. Stay spicy. I will, Chris. You know what? I will. Oh, good. I love it. I thought you did. I love the spice. I thought you loved it the most. (sighs) 